This program is presented by the MCTV Network, a service of the City of Midland, Michigan. This presentation coincides with programming on Midland Government Television, covering government affairs in the City of Midland. The following presentation of the Midland City Planning Commission will begin in a moment. The Midland City Planning Commission is responsible for overseeing the City's Master Plan, conducting public hearings, and offering recommendations to the City Council on a wide range of local land use issues. The Planning Commission consists of nine Midland residents who are appointed by the City Council. Planning Commission meets two Tuesdays per month at 7 p.m. in Council Chambers at City Hall. This presentation is provided by the MCTV Network, a service of the City of Midland. Replays of this meeting can be found on MGTV Channel 188 on Charter Spectrum, through Channel 99 on AT&T or on demand at www.cityofmidlandmi.gov. Select meetings are available on MCTV Network's Government Affairs Podcast Channel. You're live. Okay. Good evening, members of the public and uh, the Planning Commission. I'm Grant Marshall, the Director of Planning with the City of Midland. And due to not having either our chair or our vice chair, I am going to call this meeting to order. Um, it appears to be 7.05 p.m. We did have a slight delay in order to accommodate um, having a quorum. Uh, we do have nine members regularly on this commission. Uh, five are in attendance, and so therefore we do have a quorum to conduct business this evening. Um, we anticipated that this may be um, the situation this evening to not have our chair or vice chair um, and review of our bylaws do allow us to um, designate an acting chair. Um, so I'm, after I call roll, what we're actually going to call for would be um, a nomination, a, mo a vote of a nomination for an acting chair, um, which would need to be seconded and then voted on uh, by all members of the commission. Um, I do want to indicate that this meeting is being provided virtually due to the ongoing pandemic due to COVID-19. Uh, the state of Michigan and specifically executive orders by Governor Gretchen Whitmer have allowed for virtual meetings to take place um, within this setup. Of course, it would be better to all be together in council chambers, um, but that is not our reality uh, right now as we are still in the midst of ongoing stay-at-home orders. Um, and having to comply with um, open meetings requirements um, that still can take place electronically and virtually. The meeting itself is also being broadcast by the MCTV group um, that is being provided on AT&T UVerse channel 99, as well as MGTV channel 188, and online at the city of Midland, mi.gov slash video. Um, so you are able to participate, or not necessarily participate, but view the meeting um, as it's being broadcast live by MCTV. It, of course, is recorded and stored uh, for on-demand access later, um, 24 hours a day, um, on the city's website. Um, in addition to be able to join via Zoom, uh, participants can also join uh, simply by audio. Um, there's a number of uh, of telephone numbers that can be called and be um, able to access this meeting um, via an audio means only uh, through video or through phone number, uh, phone communication. We also have the ability to join um, in the Zoom call um, on your computer, which would allow both audio and, and visual. <clears throat> um, so with that, I do want to call roll. 
Commissioner Bain? Here. Kohlinger? Here. Seibel? Here. Rogers? Here. And Hein? Here. Okay. <clears throat> and with that, I would ask if we have um, any nominations for an acting chair during this, uh, this evening. I do want to remind members of the commission that we do need you to indicate um, who you are when you do make a motion or support of a motion. So it would be I, Commissioner Collinger, motion, or I, um, Commissioner Seibel, support. Um, that is important for uh, record keeping um, for those that may be just joining us uh, audibly. Uh, I, Commissioner Bain, nominate uh, Commissioner Hine if he uh, agrees to uh, chair today's meeting, being how he's done it in the past. And I, Commissioner Rogers, second that. Okay, so we have a motion um, and support to designate Commissioner uh, Dave Hine uh, to be our acting chair for the meeting this evening. Uh, Commissioner Hine, is that something you would be agreeable to? Yes. Okay, so with that, I will take a roll call vote um, on that matter. <clears throat> Rogers? Yes. Seibel? Yes. Kohlinger? Yes. Bain? Yes. And Hein? Yes. Okay, that motion is approved 5-0. And with that, Commissioner Hein, I will turn over uh, to you to chair the remainder of the meeting. Okay, thank you. Thank you, Grant. Next item on our agenda is the approval of the regular minute, regular meeting minutes from April 28th. Do I have any comments, additions, corrections, deletions that we need to make? If not, do I have a motion for approval? Mr. Chairman, I, Commissioner Rogers, motion that we approve the minutes from April 28th. We have a motion. Do I have a uh, second? Yep. Okay. Uh, Commissioner Seibel will second that motion. Okay, very good. We have a, a motion and a second. Grant, will you call roll, please? Yes. <clears throat> Kohlinger. Yes. Seibel? Yes. Rogers? Yes. Bain? Yes. And Heim? Yes. That motion is approved 5 0. Okay. We have approved the uh, approved the minutes from our last meeting. Next item on the list is a public is, is public hearings. And I'll, although we do not have a public a new public hearing scheduled, we're going down to old business and we're going to talk about site plan number three ninety nine. And uh, Grant, I would ask that you set this up so both we and the audience that's listening and also on TV understand how we will proceed this evening. Yes, um, I'll cover that in my, my presentation, certainly as well as at the end of my presentation. Um, as you indicated, Chair, tonight is not a public hearing on Site Plan 399. Um, that being said, uh, we do have a directive by City Council to provide for an additional public input opportunity. So a public hearing is, is a very specific designated process under ordinance. It's not uncommon for us to open the floor for public comments on old business um, or other site plans that have been um, uh, reviewed previously um, or other 
um, items that may be on our agenda, we usually open them up for public comment. So um, that's what um, has been directed to us by city council and what we'll likely do um, at the end of my presentation. So with that, I will begin sharing my screen for the presentation on site plan 399. Okay. As you all may recall, uh, this is a, a site plan that we did review back in April um, during our first meeting in April. Um, it's the application by PKP Properties LLC with this civil engineering agent of Lapham and Associates. Uh, the location is for property at 4908 and 4912 Universal Place. Uh, the subject zoning on the property is RB multiple family residential. And what's being proposed is a 22 unit multiple family residential uh, development. I did mention that we have a city council directive uh, that's been given to the planning commission. Um, we have had a unanimous recommendation of support on this site plan back in April. Um, that was forwarded on to city council during their meeting on April 12th. Um, it, uh, during that meeting, I'm sorry, on April 27th. Uh, during that meeting, city council did vote 3-2 to send back uh, the, the site plan to um, the Planning Commission for three main reasons. One, to provide an additional public um, input opportunity um, to further review stormwater management, and lastly, to further review parking. Um, a lot of the concerns that were uh, given to Council as well as to Planning Commission during our public hearing related to um, stormwater management and parking um, with other concerns about uh, the development as well from uh, neighboring properties. Uh, with that and what I did talk about within the staff memo that went out in the agenda packet, uh, staff did mail out just over 500 letters to surrounding owners and occupants of all properties within 300 feet, um, encouraging them to participate in this evening's meeting. Within that mailing, a copy of which was included in the packet, um, but within that mailing we did provide the um, Zoom virtual meeting information as well as the ID, um, the password, and, and how to access this um, over the phone as well. I do want to highlight, though, that this directive has not changed at all. Uh, the uh, Really, the, the outline or the structure in which the Planning Commission needs to review um, this proposal. Uh, the process still remains the objective site plan review process that um, was in front of us during our last meeting. So nothing has changed when it comes to uh, the purview of what the Planning Commission is being asked to consider. I did mention tonight is not a public hearing, but um, public comment should be taken at the end of this. Uh, just to recall our location here on Dan or on Universal Drive, uh, 4912 and 4908 are two properties immediately adjacent to one another. They are currently owned by PKP Properties LLC um, and are combined to be the subject area of the site plan. We do have surrounding uses, including the American Legion to the north. Um, we have Rain Tree condominiums to the immediate west. Uh, we have other multiple family to the east and to the southeast, as well as senior housing down to the southwest. Um, all of this, of course, is just off to the northeast of the intersection of Dublin and Saginaw Road. Taking a look at the zoning map for this location, you can see that the property itself and properties to the east and west and southeast are zoned RB multiple family residential. Um, in this area, we do have other zoning districts, including uh, property to the north, which is zoned RC regional commercial, property to the south, which is community commercial, as well as OS office service, which is the blue uh, that you see highlighted here on the map. <clears throat> 
this is uh, really just to give you an orientation again of how the site plan is being proposed. Um, you do have four different buildings um, that are being proposed as part of the development um, parking that's located in the interior of those buildings um, with a single access drive onto Universal Drive. Um, this has not changed greatly at all um, from the last time it was reviewed back in April. So this is simply just a reminder for um, the commission as well as members of the uh, public that may be joining us and seeing the site plan for the first time. Um, but this is uh, very much the setup of, of the development as you see here. I do again wanna recall um, these uh, renderings that have been submitted by the applicant showing two-story um, apartments um, this is something where there'd be individual entrances for the units um, and then there would be on all but two or rather four units, um, you would have a main floor, a basement, and then an upper floor or a second floor as well. Uh, the one difference with uh, the development itself is uh, this building, the smallest building, which is on the southeast portion of the development. You may recall that these are designated as barrier-free units. There are two units on the ground floor. Um, that do have barrier-free access. Um, they have bedrooms, um, kitchen, living, um, bathroom facilities, all on the main floor, which would be barrier-free and accessible to a person um, needing um, handicap accessibility accommodations. Um, the two additional units on that, um, on that development, or not that development, but that particular uh, structure um, would actually be on the second floor itself. So there, you can see the sidewalks that wrap around on either side of the building. Um, that would be to access then uh, the units that would be on the second story. So you have smaller units within that building that are stacked on top of each other as opposed to side to side. That's how you get to the 22 units. Um, since I know we had some questions as to kind of uh, where exactly those, those two additional units are located. <clears throat> In staff's review um, of the site plan as well as the planning commission's review during the last um, time this was reviewed in April, um, we did find that the site plan is compliance with, compliant with ordinance standards relating to site design, appearance, district regulations, special standards in Article 9, um, natural feature preservation, privacy, emergency, emergency vehicle access, uh, vehicle ingress and egress, uh, vehicle and pedestrian circulation, parking, exterior lighting, uh, public services and screening. Uh, you may recall that these, of course, are uh, the different categories that go through um, within our report that we transmit to the Planning Commission ahead of time. So I do want to uh, really refresh the memory on um, how they've met the objective criteria in each one of those areas. We do, of course, have, um, or at the time, we did have two outstanding plans that usually are submitted to us. Um, that was the, the landscaping plan still needing revisions and the photometric plan still needing revisions. Um, I can report that we are in receipt of compliant photometric plans and um, landscaping plan. Uh, those compliant plans were transmitted out in the agenda packet that went out um, last week. And so those items have been adequately addressed by the applicant and therefore are no longer outstanding. Two of the items that City Council asked the Planning Commission to specifically look at were stormwater management and parking. And I do want to highlight both of those and the review process that takes place um, and why staff is recommending um, or not recommending, but indicating that these are objective criteria that have been met. Um, first, I want to point out that at the time of review for stormwater management, we usually look at preliminary calculations and um, overall layout on the site. 
Um, layout and preliminary calculations do allow the city engineering department to determine that they are in fact able to meet the city's stormwater management requirements, which amongst other things requires that the water that is fallen or that falls on the site through precipitation, um, that it be slowly discharged into the city's system at 0.2 uh, cubic feet per second. <clears throat> There's ways in which you can easily get at determining whether or not that's being met um, through volume of the retention or detention area, um, as well as uh, piping and grading, um, piping, underground piping from catch basins that are located throughout the site, and then grading that allows uh, the natural sheet flow of water to uh, naturally go into those individual catch basins. Um, those are the ways in which they can easily determine that those uh, metrics are going to be met. After site plans are reviewed, there's of course detailed engineering and construction plans that are submitted to the city and that formalizes or finalizes then the plans for um, the stormwater uh, permit to be issued as well as other permits like the building construction permit and the soil erosion and sedimentation control permit. Um, the applicant has begun to work on more detailed engineering plans um, and they have submitted full calculations to the city engineering department. I've spoken with our city engineer and he has indicated that they've issued minor revisions that are needed, um, but largely the plans that are submitted meet the city's stormwater management ordinance. And with those minor revisions, they will be able to issue that permit. So we're very close, um, upwards of 95% close to where that permit can be issued on that plan. <clears throat> As it relates to the parking, um, we of course regulate parking um, extensively within the zoning ordinance. Uh, we establish minimum parking requirements as well as maximum. Um, there's a, a calculation that is done for multiple family dwellings. And that results in, for this development with 22 units, um, all of which having two or more bedrooms, um, that results in a minimum number of 51 parking spaces. Uh, the application is uh, proposing 51 parking spaces. Uh, we do have a number of comments that have come to us through the public indicating that there could be as many as 88 students or um, other people living in this location. Um, that could be true, um, but it would be arbitrary to try and ask the applicant to do any type of additional parking or require the applicant to do any types of additional parking outside the minimum and maximum standards that the city has established by ordinance. <clears throat> it may be different if this was a, um, a conditional use, which had subjectivity to it, where you could have a little bit more of a, a wheel and deal, but uh, the city standards for minimum and maximum parking are very explicit in the ordinance. And requiring anything outside of that um, is certainly something that we have not done uh, to others, uh, which would be a, um, um, an unjust action to the developer uh, to go outside of that and would be considered arbitrary. Some other notable items I did want to point out, um, of course, we have received over 15 public comments in opposition. Um, those were transmitted largely out through the Planning Commission agenda packet. Uh, there were a couple that actually were received by the Planning Department between the last Planning Commission meeting and City Council. Um, we did send those out via email earlier this week. So all of you do have uh, the comments that we have received um, in opposition, including um, emailings as late as uh, this afternoon. I did want to point out um, a couple of the items that were directly um, addressed or not necessarily addressed, but mentioned within those comments. Um, the question of whether or not we should be hosting virtual public meetings. Um, of course, the governor's allowance says we may host them. Um, and this zoning ordinance is what requires us to host them. 
Uh, we are in receipt of a site plan application. Uh, the zoning ordinance is very clear that when we do receive a site plan application that we move to act on that application. Um, so it's not um, that we're simply just trying to do this for uh, benefit to the developer. Um, the zoning ordinance is very prescriptive and requires us to act in that manner, uh, which requires us to meet in this virtual way, uh, which is allowed to us by the governor's office. We've also received questions related to the definition of multiple family residential and how that applies to this um, development. Um, during our last meeting at the Planning Commission that we discussed this, the applicant it did indicate that they would likely uh, market these units to students. I do want to remind the Commission that multiple family residential, while we do define family and uh, dwelling multiple family within the zoning ordinance, uh, we do have to give consideration to fair housing law and um, other regulations that do not specify or allow us to simply regulate who can and cannot live within these units. Um, and largely multiple family in this context is really relating to the form of development, which is multiple units being attached to one another, as opposed to regulation of who can and cannot live within the units. Um, for example, the city could not say city planners, students, retired engineers, you guys can't live there, but other families and these other people can. Um, we simply cannot be discriminatory in that manner. It's not a practice of the city. It has not been a practice of the city to dictate who can and can't live uh, within multiple units or multiple family dwelling units. Uh, the one exception, of course, given to that is senior housing. Um, and that is an exception that's given due to a lot of other considerations for um, exceptions to that and, and requirements to allow or allowances, therefore, or allowances to allow um, uh, people living 62 and older um, in dwelling units. So I did want to kind of point that out. Um, we may hear some comments later on um, against um, student population. Um, a student could be um, a 19-year-old that studies at Northwood, or it could be a 65-year-old who's choosing to go to Delta College in the evening um, and refresh their knowledge on a number of subjects. So I did want to simply remind um, the commission again that we cannot discriminate on who chooses to live in those units. I also wanted to point out that the site has been zoned for multiple family purposes. Uh, we did hear some comments related to not knowing um, that this site could be developed or simply enjoying that the site has been vacant for a number of years. Um, this is private property. There's private property rights that we have to balance with zoning um, and knowing that this could potentially be a site with multiple family uh, dwellings on it, as well as any other permitted use in the RB multiple family zoning district is something that has been a reality on that site for over 20 years. So with that, I do want to highlight the two recommended contingency items uh, that staff has presented within the staff memo. Um, we feel all items have been adequately addressed in the city's objective review. Um, those two outstanding though, um, are the final stormwater management plan and permit, and then the final soil erosion and sedimentation control permit um, to the city engineering and city building departments respectively. Um, these are items that are customarily dealt with during the time of construction permitting. As a means of process, um, you may recall back on April 14th, we did have the initial public hearing, um, a unanimous decision recommending approval um, was passed by the planning commission at that time. Um, city council gave consideration to this back on April 27th, which resulted in that directive passed back um, to this body. Um, that leads us to this evening, which is the Planning Commission's reconsideration of this. 
Um, if all of you feel um, that you want to act on it this evening, you can. Um, you do not need to waive the rules of procedure since that only applies tonight's, uh, tonight's in which public hearings are held. Um, if that is the case and there's an action this evening, it would be back on city council's agenda for their reconsideration on uh, Monday, which is May 18th. And with that, Chairman Hine, I will entertain any questions. Okay, commissioners, any questions for uh, for Grant? So, Grant, this is James Bain. Uh, the definition of what is a family then is largely uh, not what we need to consider tonight. Then, correct? Uh, that is. That is correct. I, I do, I, again, want to kind of focus the attention on, again, multiple family is really a matter of dwelling units being connected to one another um, and not necessarily speaking to who can and can't live within units. So I, I don't think the commission needs to um, deliberate the definition of family because I think uh, there's a whole host of in types of individuals that could live um, within uh, these units into the future. It may be marketed to some uh, demographics. Uh, we see that type of marketing all the time, whether that's um, barrier or zero step um, single hand family units that are going onto the market or other types of units. But um, I don't think we need to overdevelop or um, over deliberate the definition of multiple family. On that matter, though, I do want to mention that I have had conversations with the city attorney. Um, he is in agreement and has indicated that there has been um, the right decision to move this forward under the name multiple family dwelling units. And okay. that is, in fact, a permitted use by the right. Okay. Thanks for that clarification. Yes. Right. Any additional questions for Grant? Yeah, Grant, uh, this is uh, Commissioner Seibel. Um, and I, with apologies, could you could you talk a little bit again about the traffic? That was one of the conditions under which the, the city council was sending this back for our review. Sure. So um, parking um, and by extension traffic was one thing that wanted to be considered. Um, under the zoning ordinance, we have requirements for when we do more detailed traffic analysis um, in the form of traffic studies um, and the like. Um, it, it takes a lot of average daily traffic. Um, counts um, to trigger more of a detailed study than what we need for this particular proposal. Um, certainly 22 units of multiple family residential will have more traffic on that area. Um, under Article 3, um, where we do have traffic study, it didn't trigger where we needed to go above and beyond a review by the city's traffic consultant. So um, we do have a traffic consultant on retainer through the engineering department that looks at every site plan that comes in. Um, he did not provide any concerns or comments um, and really um, indicated that the, the traffic system or the street system in that area um, does have adequate capacity to handle this additional traffic. Thank you. <clears throat> any additional questions for Grant? Okay. What I propose is that we go through a process similar to what we do at open meetings when we have public hearings, I should say, is we will, if a representative of the applicant is in the, in the audience and if they wish to speak, we'll have them speak first. We will then hear those who are in opposition and then we will host, uh, ho we'll host those who are in support 
and we will once again give the applicant a last say before we will close that portion of the hearing and then we as a commission will deliberate. Okay, is that agreeable to the commissioners? Yes. Okay. Yes. All right, so first of all, if there is a representative from the uh, applicant in the audience, uh, please identify yourself and uh, step forward. Certainly, uh, hopefully you can hear me. Mm -hmm. uh, Patrick Panasek, 2525 Northeast Monroe Midland. I do represent PKP properties and the development that has been represented by SEC Plan 399. First of all, I, I appreciate your consideration again this evening um, and certainly grants a really detailed um, presentation of the overall project. I just have a few opening comments and then I certainly will be available to address any other concerns. Um, our engineer is not available tonight, but I think I have the capacity to represent what we're intending to do. As mentioned, this property has been zoned multiple family uh, zoning, uh, zoning is required for this project and is the appropriate zoning. This property has been uh, zoned for at least 15 years Grant mentioned 20, his, his number is more accurate, but I wanted to be conservative. And, and the uh, zoning is consistent with the master plan. <clears throat> Prior to our purchase of this property, land was for sale for a considerable period of time and available for whoever wished to purchase. We did. Uh, during our conceptual design and more detailed site plan development of Danbury Place, we have considered design and engineered uh, the site to meet all city codes, designs, best, best practices, and standards. And we believe that this development is a good fit and addition to the area and meets all necessary criteria. So that's just my opening comments. Did we? Did we lose you, Mr. Panasic? Are you? No, I'm, 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 st I'm still here. It, okay. Ho hopefully, you've heard all my, my points here. But you know, I think our design stands as was previously presented, and uh, we believe that we met all requirements necessary uh, for this development. So, with that, I'll, I'll pause with my comments. Okay. Thank you very much. Now we will go one at a time to individuals who are in opposition. Please identify yourself and uh, and speak to the commission, if you would. Uh, good evening. This is Adam Bruski. If you can hear me, all right. Yes, we can. Okay. Thank you, sir. Um, this is Adam Bruski. I'm an attorney with Norcross and Judd here in Midland. Um, our firm represents um, Kathy Berwick, who is a resident at Five Thousand Universal. Um, and our letter to the commission is in the packet, and I appreciate the opportunity to say a couple of additional things uh, this evening. Um, I know some of the other residents are going to talk about um, noise concerns and parking and drainage, um, uh, perhaps. Uh, what I wanted to talk about were, were the two points that we placed in our letter. Um, the first has to do with uh, the idea of having this meeting in the first place, uh, given the circumstances. Um, Mr. Marshall, I uh, pointed out that under the uh, zoning ordinance, um, the uh, commission um, 
uh, I'm just looking at it right now. Uh, we'll have a public hearing um, before the planning commission. Um, and that's that's true, of course, and that's the way that, that business is done. Um, but the zoning ordinance itself says that upon receipt of a complete application, a public hearing before the planning commission will be set. Uh, and it talks about how much notice of that hearing has to be given, but, um, and again, I'm just looking at this after Mr. Marshall brought it up, um, but I don't think it talks about how soon after receipt of an application, uh, the hearing necessarily has to be. And so under the circumstances, and we certainly understand the governor's uh, order that says that public hearings can be conducted. Um, I don't think that that is the same as saying that public hearings must be conducted. And I think the intent of the order is, has been borne out by a number of other things is that essential government business take place um, and only essential government business because we are making changes to the Open Meetings Act as a result of the executive orders that are limiting people's rights to address the commission, to get together to talk about what they're going to say to the commission um, and all of those other rights that we are the beneficiaries of in normal circumstances. And so given the balance between those two, we think it's more appropriate to err on the side of tabling a decision like this where it's not essential for public health and safety. The second point in my letter um, is this definition of family. Um, and we, we pointed out a couple of sections of the zoning ordinance there. And while it's certainly true that the planning commission can't discriminate based on age or any other constitutionally protected class, um, I don't think it's true to say that multifamily residential has only something to do with the way properties are laid out. The way that family defined is defined certainly takes into account the idea of who the actual occupants of the building are going to be. So it talks about these people with the functional equivalent of the bonds that render a domestic family unit a cohesive unit. And then it specifically gets into identity of occupants when it talks about excluding societies, clubs, and then a whole host of other uh, groups. And it says groups where the common living arrangement uh, is contemplated to exist for a limited or temporary duration. So what I think the zoning ordinance is talking about is it's talking about uh, the transitory nature of residents and putting those alongside communities where people own the property and have been there long term. And I think if this property is being marketed to students, um, I think that it is those are clearly of a transitory nature. And I think that's what the zoning ordinance is trying to get at with this particular uh, this phrase and these clauses in here. So um, obviously zoning is about avoiding incompatible uses. Um, we think that's what the family definition here is talking about. Um, and we further believe that the combination of long-term residents, uh, such as those in the Raintree condominiums and others, along with uh, by, by nature, short-term tenancy uh, by students is an incompatible combination. 
And so I thank you again for your time this evening. And certainly I can answer any questions you have, but I appreciate the opportunity to speak. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Bursky. Commissioners, any questions for him? Seeing none. Uh, uh, I had oops, just a clarification is that to help me understand, and again, I'm not a lawyer, and but uh, looking at that definition and looking at the general roommate or room sharing that happens in a lot of apartments, why is that not by nature transitory and not compliant with uh, a, a family situation. I mean, uh, uh, lots of apartments have roommates. People may move in with a roommate while they're uh, locating a place or saving for a down payment. Uh, why is that uh, also prohibited by this ordinance? Are your reading of this ordinance? I think that's a good question, Commissioner, and and I thought about that because obviously we don't want to interpret things too broadly in a way that um, renders them essentially ineffective. Um, but what I think the difference here is, um, the ordinance certainly could have said um, you you can't have people who are going to rent property um, for less than a year or you can't have people who are gonna rent property for less than three years. We're seeing these type of situations come up, especially with regard to short-term vacation rentals and, and who is transitory and who is not. I think the difference between your typical apartment rental with a roommate is that when you're specifically targeting to bring students into a complex, then you get into this second part of that family definition where that arrangement is contemplated to exist for a limited or temporary duration. Now, certainly your standard lease is one year, which is in and of itself a temporary duration, um, but there's at least the possibility that they're going to continue on for a number of years, perhaps in an indefinite period. When you're talking about something like a club, a fraternity, a sorority, or student housing, I think those are by nature contemplated to exist for a limited or temporary duration. So I think that's the difference there. Okay. Well, th thanks for your interpretation of that. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. All right, uh, next individual, please. Identify yourself. Yes, I'm Kathleen Berwick and Adam is my lawyer. I bought this condo in mid-March for, you know, like the 20th. And um, I was never told by the seller, the realtor, that um, there was going to be student housing next door. And in my opinion, that is like unethical seeing she is Patrick Panasic's sister and they work together. I mean, I'm never going to be able to sell this because who is going to want to live next to uh, student housing? Nobody, not even me. Thank you for taking up some time. Thank you very much. Chairman, if I may um, yes. jump in real quick, this is Grant Marshall. Um, I do want to just um, again remind um, that this is the purview of the Planning Commission is 
um, simply the objective criteria that the ordinance has established. So I would certainly encourage members of the public to um, maintain their comments as it relates to that um, and refrain from um, other personal attacks or um, accusations that are not um, part of the consideration that the Planning Commission has this evening. Okay, thank you very much. Next individual, next individual, please. Hello, um, I'm Dwight Lewis, and I'm at 5004 Rain Tree. Okay. And uh, I would look out on uh, 12 patios and porches. Uh, and I'm a retired attorney, and for 40 years, I was referee at the Family Court, 10th Circuit Court. And I would dearly like to read an opinion from the city attorney about uh, this definition, the, the, uh, the, the definition you, of family unit being applied here to this uh, 88 units. The 88 bedrooms with uh, bathrooms, complete bathrooms, is, is likely to be a minimum of 88 new neighbors with the uh, 51 parking spaces and the intense use of the, the property. Uh, I really wanna focus on the code itself. The code itself has the definition of family and uh, this is zone for multifamily dwelling. And if you do not follow the ordinance, uh, then you have no ordinance. If the ordinance needs to be changed, then uh, it can be changed. The ordinance is the community giving the planning board direction of what to plan for. And uh, if you're not going to follow these definitions, then there is no ordinance and this will end up in a big mess. Uh, if there were a use for that, area. I don't know Mr. Panasic, but it would be uh, senior housing because we're next to two large senior centers that the county has within walking distance with abundant programs and abundant help for seniors. Uh, it would just be the best place. Now, uh, the definition in the the ordinance uh, for family is uh, a domestic family that is one or more persons living together and related by the bonds of consent, litigate, uh, marriage, adoption, together with servants or principal occupants and not more than one additional unrelated person with all of such individuals being domiciled together as a single domestic housekeeping unit in a dwelling. Two, the functional equipment of equivalent of a domestic family, that is uh, persons living together in a dwelling whose relationship is of a permanent and distinct character and is the functional equivalent of domestic family with demonstrable and recognizable bonds, which constitutes the functional equipment of the bonds 
which render domestic family a cohesive unit. And all persons of functional equipment equivalent of the domestic family uh, shall be cooking and otherwise housekeeping as single non-profit unit. And then it goes on to say that this would exclude clubs and organizations. But you have the definition of family here and uh, it sounds archaic. And I looked at other ordinances around, looked at Saginaw's, they do not have this language in there about family anymore. Uh, but before having something built, I think this needs to be sorted out. You've got to, we've in, in Midland got to have a code that is applicable, uh, it, that works for everyone. And just cannot be ignored by uh, what we what an individual thinks is necessary. Change the ordinance and then build. Mr. Panasic is going to be in a bad position if he builds uh, bedrooms of uh, a unit of four bedrooms, and uh, there would be a resolution that it's not a, that it can't be a dormitory that it has to be a family unit. Uh, and this is what needs to be done first before there's a building. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Lewis. Any questions, commissioners? Okay, next person, please. Hello. Hello. Good evening. I'm sorry, please identify yourself. My name is Anne Marie Pomeranke, and I reside at 5106 Raintree Drive. Okay, I, I understand completely the logic and legalities regarding the approval of site plans that meet all the city's requirements using an objective view based on the city's criteria rather than a subjective view such as whether a property is a good fit for the area. In a perfect world, one could only hope that an item could be added to the criteria list that would allow the city to delve a little deeper, to look at the pulse of our area, to truly examine if continuing to oversaturate the properties of Metal Lodge Nursing Home, Colonial Villa Retirement Community, and Rain Tree Senior Living with additional student population makes for a healthy, vibrant, and well-balanced neighborhood. As Pam Hall so eloquently stated at the last city council's meeting, what is the council's actual job if all decisions are, quote, rubber stamped, end quote? Thank you for your time. Thank you very much. Next individual, please. My name is Jennifer. I'm sorry. My name is Jennifer Nozakowski, and I'm from. 5126 Raintree Drive. And I would like to respectfully oppose the development of the site plan. Um, I echo the similar reasons that we've already spoken about this evening, but I also wonder whether the need exists for any development in this area or for the size of the development that's proposed in what was just mentioned as an already oversaturated multifamily 
um, area within a two small blocks. Um, I did an informal survey as of last week of the four of the six apartment properties located on Universal Drive and Hedgewood Drive. And there was already a total of 14 vacant units. Um, there's two additional apartment properties that had not responded at the time of um, the survey or this meeting. And I didn't reach out beyond to the uh, property just west of Dublin or within the one mile radius of other rental properties in the area. Um, I just question if the need exists and I urge the planning commission to consider the consequences to the existing residents who've made a long-term commitment here and just acknowledge the cost to the neighborhood, to the permanent residents and to the environment and see if those do outweigh the benefits to this small plan and to the developer. Um, and I appreciate your time. Thank you much, Jennifer. Next, please. Yes, I'm Carol Sanford. I'm at 5012 Raintree. Uh, I too, like Dwight Lewis and also the toners and other people will be looking at those patios. And um, I, I'd like to uh, add I'd like to name the different places if you haven't driven around and looked here lately. On Universal Drive, we have, of course, Rain Tree Condominiums, Colonial Villa, the Pines of Midland, and some unnamed residential multiple apartment buildings. On Hedgewood Drive, which is very close, we have three medical services building, Meta Lodge Nursing Home, Hedgewood Place Apartments, Woodland Place, the American Legion and Northwind Forest. Woodland Place and Northwind are huge, huge developments. They're huge complexes. <clears throat> so um, I also want to ask if you have in your packet um, my letter to Mr. Marshall. Um, on the upper right-hand corner, it will say Carol Sanford. It's probably backsided. I have pictures there that I would like to have you look at. Okay, the first picture is the, I'll say a little lake that immediately came uh, into my, now my means the common grounds here, of course, uh, backyard, <clears throat> that would be 5012's backyard, due to a gentle rain on the night of April 28th. 2020. It continued through, and this is what developed in the shortest period of time. The other picture is a small amount of water, but in a very low place. And the condo you're looking at there is Kathy Burdick's condo. That would be 5,000 Universal. You're looking at the back door there. The property line is extremely close. There are two trees tall, slim, next to her property. That line between us and Mr. Panasic's property runs very close right through there. There's a water problem here. And I just can only imagine all the concrete that will be poured in the new building site. And um, I guess we have to just hope that um, the requirements for the change of the drain, the deepening, the widening, et cetera, 
will be will be sufficient to the need we have here. Thank you. Thank you, Carol. Next individual, please. Good evening, gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen. Can you hear me? Yes. Yes. My name is Robert Everett. I live at 5130 Rain Tree Drive. We have a list of communications that went either to the Planning Commission, City Council, or directly to the Planning Director. The Planning Commission has not received some of these documents unless they were provided on outside of the public review process. Residents within 300 feet of the proposed development were not notified of the April 14th Planning Commission meeting or the April 27th City Council meeting. Placing a notice on the door of City Hall or an obscure section of the Midland Daily News does not constitute notification under the zoning ordinance. It was purely by chance that we found out about these meetings. We would like to clarify that we are single family homeowners here at Rain Tree Condominiums, which was established in 1988. Homeowners. We are retired professionals. We have made long-term investments in Midland. We are deeply rooted and take pride in being active participants in the community. Common unity. Community. You call our collective voice subject subjective in this matter, but we are the core of this subject in opposition. Understandably, Mr. Panacek will increase his personal wealth. The city will have an increase in tax revenue. What increases for us? The significant negative impact due to mass transient population, noise, traffic, and the development's excessive runoff from rainwater. Just viewing the site plan on paper doesn't address the essence of the surrounding area. Like Carol said, Universal Drive, we got Colonial Villa, an assisted living, Seasons, which is a part of the Council on Aging, and COA, the main senior care administrator facility. Placing a large mass of unrelated transient adults in a small plot of residential land will certainly create social conflict. Northwood University has recently built North Village Apartments, which resonates the same floor plan as Mr. Panacek's development, a co-housing design. The university also offers two additional residential halls for housing students. It seems as though we are expected to embrace this co-housing concept, cited to be placed next door but it defies common sense to place such a development in a long-standing retirement neighborhood. I would also like to address the development site plan, which only depicts one dumpster for the entire 22 unit complex. How can that effectively service potentially 88 tenants and guests? Also snow removal, with the inadequate park parking already an issue, where will they put the excessive piled snow? 
it will certainly reduce available space and they will be parking at the American Legion. This virtual format lacks meaningful communication of our arguments. It is not essential manner and should be suspended until public gathering restrictions are lifted. This electronic hearing is not all inclusive in regards to some of our senior citizens. They do not have access to the technology needed to communicate their concerns. The residents of Raintree Condominium Association respectfully request that you table making a decision on site plan number 399 until a truly public meeting can be held in person. And until you have all the pertinent information that has been submitted, the city of Midland has always prided itself on transparency. And this would appear to be the only way that everyone who wishes to provide input will have the opportunity to do so. Thanks for your time. Hey, thank you, Robert. Additional, additional comments by anyone? Yes, I'm Shirley Brown and I'm at 5006 Stephanie Drive. Uh, I just want to say I agree with everything that's been said so far. Um, I especially want to mention about the traffic that will be going down Universal. Right now, it, it's there's a curve there where you can't always see something coming when they're driving fast. Many of them don't stop at Dublin. They just roll through. And that has been a concern for me for some time. And this added 88 or more people. Is a, is a concern for me. So people say they're TV. And I thank you for. Thank you, Shirley. Mm -hmm. Additional comments. Uh, good evening. Can you hear me okay? Uh, yes. All right. My name is James Cherry. I am the uh, post commander of the American Legion Post uh, 165, which is the property adjacent to uh, or north adjacent to uh, the development property that we're talking about. Yep. And first, I want to thank you for uh, uh, for including me in on this. Uh, thank you for your detailed explanation of, of the, the current status of this. Um, we are opposed to this and I'm going to echo a lot of uh, what some of the other um, people have mentioned. Uh, one of them is parking. We currently deal with uh, overflow parking from uh, current townhouses to the south and to the north. Um, typically, um, it, it varies, but I would say on the weekends there's typically more vehicles or could be Two to two to five, there could be twenty. Um, they take up quite a uh, quite a few spots in our parking lot. Um, another one is the water issue. I won't elaborate on that. It's I think it's been talked about enough. Um, we do have events. Uh, granted, at this time we're pretty limited to what we do for the public, but uh, we have our burger nights, 
uh, during the week, we have uh, organized dinners, we have uh, fundraisers, and that's uh, our parking lot is is huge, and we need that for our events, for our normal business operations. Um, what we see currently without this development is congregation um, of individuals. Um, and it's not exclusive to students, but I would say it's a majority of, of the local college students uh, that typically uh, contributes to debris, additional vehicles, additional issues. We've had police interaction before. Um, and it's not just in the parking lot, it's, it's the crash in the front yard. It makes our I'm losing you, James. Can you hear me now? Yeah. Now I can, yes. Okay, all right. Um, just overall, it, it with the current properties to the north and the south, I don't see this development being exempt from adding to the additional debris, additional vehicles, and additional issues. I just don't see it being exempt. So, and I do, I do have uh, one question about this, and maybe it's been covered in a previous meeting, but is there going to be any type of fencing that separates any of the properties? Uh, sure. I can answer that real quick. Um, there is on the northern property line. No, there is not a fence that is being prescribed or being uh, proposed. Um, I do want to mention, though, that due to further review by the city engineering department, um, we will likely see a fence on the western property line. That's the property line that separates uh, Rain Tree from um, the uh, the site or the um, proposed development. Um, and that is due to the slope of the uh, retention basin. So when we have a, a steep slope on a retention basin, it does need to be um, uh, fenced in. So <clears throat> that's something that we'll likely see. Um, that's part of the review comments that the engineering department has. But no, there is not a, a screening fence um, proposed on the north side that separates the American Legion and the site, subject site. Yeah. Okay. All right, thank you. Thank you, Mr. Sherry. Additional comments? Before we uh, leave those in opposition, commissioners, do you have any any further questions or comments? Seeing none, are there any, is there anyone uh, on who is in support? Getting no response. Uh, Mr. Panasic, if you're still available, uh, any comments you would like to make before we, we, uh, we as a commission deliberate? Can you hear me all right? Yes, I can. Okay, Patrick Panasic, 2525 Northeastman. I quite frankly don't know where to start here on this. I've uh, made notes on all the comments and I appreciate everybody's opportunity to speak. I also have a had a chance to review all communication and I think um, unfortunately we're meeting by this venue. Um, many site plans, not many, but two last month were approved by this venue. Um, and I, I think that 
we can't go back in time and change the zoning ordinance or change the criteria or change the definition of a family. And quite frankly, I don't even know how to respond to some of those comments that were previously mentioned. Although I do respect everybody's opinion to, to make those. Um, pulse of the area, I don't know what that is. Uh, we, as a, as a developer of this site, we take this issue very seriously. We are concerned I'll disregard temporarily any personal attacks to myself or my family because um, we look at this as an issue. We respect the zoning ordinances and are involved in each and every master plan that takes place in the city of Midland. Um, but as far as need, definition of family, um, traffic, water retention, parking, uh, the American Legion to, to the North, which I'm thoroughly in support of being a veteran myself, um, I don't know exactly how to respond, but I will say that we've met, as was mentioned in the staff report, all the criteria for this zoning. Um, we have diligently worked with the city to ensure that we've complied with all requirements. And, you know, I think that Mr. Bruski's comments specifically because an attorney, he's an attorney, I'll address those, um, you know, if we choose not to act, quite frankly, that is discriminatory because as you recall at last month's meeting, uh, two other uh, requests were approved, addressed, considered and approved. So this meeting, unfortunately, is that the, the cards were dealt and I'll certainly address any questions, but we've tried to be considerate We've tried to comply with the zoning ordinance. We've, we've tried and have complied with any uh, city standards uh, as far as this development is concerned. So with that, uh, I will say thank you very much for our consideration. Thank you, Mr. Panasi. Any questions for him before we close it? Okay, seeing none. Commissioners, it's time for you to uh, step forward. Any comments you would like to make, Grant, before we go, before we talk? Um, so, I don't believe so. I think I'll um, certainly be available to answer any questions, but um, uh, but no, I don't have anything to address at this time. Okay. All right. Commissioners. Uh, I, I just had a couple. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead, um, Mr. Chairman. This is Commissioner Rogers, and I just had a couple of points I wanted to make. And number one, just wanted to make sure that we stay focused on the fact that this is a uh, list of objective criteria, and it's also a matter, in my opinion, of private property rights. Um, I'm not saying that we shouldn't take into consideration the concerns of others, but I think those those two points are also very important. And um, I know it's been it's been discussed here this evening who uh, what 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 constitutes a family and who may or may not live in these units um, based on that definition. Uh, my understanding is that multiple family residential 
is a description of the type of dwelling unit being proposed, not a description of who may or may not live there. And if I'm wrong about that, uh, Grant, please correct me. And um, one other point that I did want to make as well is in Mr. Bruski's letter, he specifically mentions that um, I believe it's in the third paragraph that certainly the overall imperative of the governor's executive orders is that non-essential matters be placed on hold. And I would just like to point out that I believe it was either Monday last week or the week before that the governor has um, allowed construction to resume. And so I don't believe that that argument is any longer relevant. Plus, Additional comments, commissioners? Uh, this is James Bain. I'm, I'll make two, uh, well, three. The first one is that I think we, in terms of the list of objective requirements, uh, I'm pretty much satisfied with those. Uh, the other two things that were brought up were the appropriateness of having uh, you know, a decision in this meeting. And the second one was a definition of family. With respect to this particular meeting, we're operating, correct me if I'm wrong, Grant, at the direction of city council. So, you know, we're, we're meeting, we're coming back with a decision is what I understand our remit is. Uh, with respect to the definition of family, uh, I've got to defer to the uh, city attorney who uh, I believe Grant said has been engaged that this is an appropriate use by right. And uh, uh, I, you know, read those things and I lack the complete context of other you know, state laws and ordinances that those have got to be, uh, you know, placed within. So I, I've got to go with, uh, uh, you know, is this a use by right by uh, opinion of the city attorney, which uh, I understand is supportive of this. Uh, given that, uh, I, uh, I tend to, uh, well, I support this uh, site plan. Okay. Additional comments? Mr. Chair, this is uh, Commissioner Kohlinger. Um, given that the uh, site plan continues to meet the objective criteria as outlined in the ordinance, um, as it did during the last time we consider it, um, I move that we approve site plan number 399 with the two contingencies. And Mr. Chairman, I, uh, Jeremy Rogers, second that motion. Okay. Any additional comments, discussions before we call for a vote? Okay, seeing none. The motion on the table approves the, the uh, site plan number 399. Uh, and actually, Chairman, I just want to clarify that that motion would be to recommend approval Recommend um, approval. The city council does have final authority on this. Correct. Recommend approval. There we go. Mm -hmm. Okay. Please call roll. Okay. So this is the motion by uh, Commissioner Kohlinger, 
seconded by Commissioner Rogers to recommend approval of the site plan uh, with the two contingencies included within the staff memo. Correct. Okay. Roderick. I am unsure and I don't know if there's an answer for unsure. No, unfortunately there isn't. You either are for or against, I found out. <laughs> It does meet the criteria. I guess I am for yes. So yes. Okay. Yes. Uh, Rogers. Yes. Seibel. Yes. Kohlinger. Yes. Bain. Yes. And Hein. Yes. Okay, that motion is approved 6-0. Okay. Thank you. All right. Now, moving on the agenda, uh, we are open to pub public comments unrelated to any items on the agenda. Are there any anyone in the audience who would like a to make a comment that is unrelated to this last uh, study? A site plan, I should say. Seeing none. Uh, new business, I have no new business communications. We getting, getting them uh, by email. Uh, the chairperson and uh, vice chairperson are not here and I don't have a report. So uh, planning director, do you have a report grant? Um, I, the only thing that I would mention is that we will forward this on to city council for their action on Monday night. So for those that may still be listening, um, this recommendation will be scheduled onto the agenda for city council, um, who will meet uh, virtually on Monday night at 7 p.m. So um, that agenda will go out later this week, um, and it will have um, the recommendation of this planning commission, as well as every public comment that we've received in writing um, transmitted as part of that, um, in addition to the other um, items that are customarily included within um, the packet. So I did want to just mention that for a means of, of those maybe still listening that that is um, May 18th on Monday at 7 p.m. Okay. Um, the other thing I do want to mention too is that we do have a couple of public hearings coming up Monday night at council. Um, you may recall a couple of conditional land use um, recommendations that were uh, uh, approved by this body. Um, a few weeks back, um, one by Habitat for Humanity, another is a, a gentleman on Wackerly Street. Um, that, as well as the zoning petition for um, the Rapanis property on Bayless Street, um, those three public hearings will be Monday night at City Council as well. So we'll have um, quite a few agenda items that will be coming from Planning Commission for City Council's review on Monday evening. Um, I did also want to make mention um, a couple things. One, uh, thank you, Commissioner Hine, for jumping in and being the chair this evening. Um, it is unusual that we have both our chair and our vice chair um, unable to attend. Um, I do know that our chairman, uh, Mr. Mayville, uh, was unable to attend due to a family emergency. Um, unfortunately, a, a close family member passing away last week. So, um, so we do send our, our best regards to him on that. Um, I do also want to make mention that we do have a public hearing scheduled for our next meeting, um, which will be held virtually on May 26th. Um, that is uh, the zoning text amendment relating to the site plan amendment process. So those are the recommendations that were finalized at our last meeting, uh, moving forward to the public hearing process um, for May 26th. But that is 
uh, the only thing that we have scheduled um, to date for that meeting. Okay. And in, the, and in that case, you will both act as the applicant and the, or the part applicant and the uh, presenter. Is that correct? That is correct. Yep. Okay. It's, it's been a while since we've done uh, zoning text amendment. Our oh, last one yeah. was actually when we did RB2, our uh, missing middle housing zoning district. Yes, so that's it's right. been a little bit over a year, but um, but yeah, we know we know how to handle that one, I guess. Yes, we do. Okay, very good. Thank you much. Mm -hmm. Okay, thank you, commissioners, for uh, sitting through this one. I see the sun is still shining outside, which is great. <laughs> I'm looking for a uh, one last motion. Commissioner Bain uh, moves we adjourn. Commissioner Broderick seconds. Uh, we have a motion and a and a uh, second. You'll please call the roll. Yes. Okay. Bain. Yes. Kohlinger. Yes. Seibel. Yes. Rogers. Yes. Broderick. Yes. And Hyde. Yes. All right. This meeting is adjourned. Thank, Thank you very much. Thank you. This program is presented by the MCTV Network, a service of the City of Midland, Michigan. This presentation coincides with programming on Midland Government Television, covering government affairs in the City of Midland.